Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Team of Direction podcast for June 11th, 2023, episode 582. I'm excited if for no other reason than I got to use the stuff on the right-hand side like PTI. This is the first time in three months. It was April 11th, episode 571, because of different reasons. If we're doing a tier list, it doesn't make sense to have it there. If we're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing whatever. But it's back. Cody's back. Dave is gone, which means we can finally get around to a review of a thing that we told Dave to see, and he steadfastly refused to see Guardians of the Galaxy 3. This is 3. not my fault. Also, fuck Dave. So sometimes, like, I can't do a show because I have work or whatever. Dave, we just gave him every opportunity to watch this movie. It's one movie. You go to the theater, you watch it. What was the deal? I don't understand. I do not understand. Unless, unless he knew that he, like, wanted a week off. That's the only thing I can think of. He could have seen it. Has this been bothering you? He saw the Not first two. Not until just this moment when I realized that like, it wasn't that he was gone while he's not here. It's because he just refused to watch it one movie. And this is indicative of a larger problem. What's the word? It's not indicative. Emblematic. Thank you. That's, that actually is the word. It is emblematic of a larger problem with Dave. He just will not make the time to watch movies or or anything. I mean, we did a whole Marvel like show where yeah. he like hasn't watched. You were, and and you know how many he's watched since then? Zero. If you don't count across the Spider-Verse, which is not, that's Sony's Spider-Verse of Marvel or some shit. <laughs> it yeah. might be backwards. Marvel's whatever. No, it's Sony. It's it's an official title. Sure. It's like the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles. <laughs> backwards. LA Angels of Anaheim. Point being, I don't think you should have ever had faith he was going to see it. No, but saying. like, come on, get your shit together. Like, are you, here's my thing with Dave. Are you on an entertainment podcast or not? This is not the Dad's United podcast. This is a entertainment podcast. You have to do things sometimes. We can't have every episode talking about steak. That's a callback a little bit, but mm-hmm. it is still a lot. I just joined and Sean was already yelling, says Peter. That's right. That's pretty normal, though, to be honest. I mean, I mean he did run up the stairs, sit down, and was yelling into the microphone. Let me tell you why. I have a very specific protein shake that I was going to drink tonight. Open the fridge. It's not where I left it. Here's the thing with Maisie. She just decides to sometimes <laughs> move things. She'll just move shit, and she won't tell anybody where it is. And it's like, I'm cleaning. It's like... Okay, but if we don't know where the new stuff is, then like so this isn't the dad's podcast, but now it's the husband's bitching podcast. No, but I just—that's just why I'm late. That's it. That's why I'm late. I'm ready for the review. I'm locked and loaded for this movie that Dave has not seen. He will never see. He hasn't even seen the second one. How could he possibly watch the the third one? He actually might have seen the second one. I don't know. I thought he had seen both, but I don't remember. I maybe saw the second one. Anyways, so Guardians three. 
spoilers ahead. I don't feel like I should have to keep doing that every time we do a review. I don't think there's been almost any occasions where we haven't done a spoiler review. Maybe once or twice in our 582 episodes, but regardless... Uh, I think all three of us like this movie a pretty good amount, if not a lot. So we'll obviously save that for the end. That's the big reveal. But I wanted to start by talking about the positive. Sometimes, even on a thing that we like, we seem to like jump in on the negatives. I don't really want to do that here. I want to talk about what worked because I think there's a segue from the negatives into this whole place in the MCU. And for the purpose of our two co-hosts, that is not only like... I want to kind of talk about how good it is in relation to other Marvel movies, but I also want to talk about it canonically because there were some some issues with that that came out of the movie and out of Thor 4. So we'll get oh, to sure. those later, and I think one of my negatives is going to segue into that. But why, do, why do we do that, though? Like, when it's something good, we, like, maybe we feel like we have to point out the positives or the negatives because everybody knows the positives. Yeah. But then when it's something bad, we're super quick to jump on the negative. We just, we like the negatives. I think it's also more interesting to discuss than it is. No. Like, we can gush over the positives for forever, and we still do to a certain extent, but... I think it feels like we have integrity if it's also, okay, well, let's recognize this thing's flaws, even though it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, Everybody wants to have a hot take. Here's my hot take. I don't want to have a hot take. I really like this movie. It's not okay. a hot take. Um, uh, speaking of the things that are good, if we're jumping in, I don't. Um, I think the characterization is great. And this is what happens when you do a sequel well, is it doesn't feel derivative of the movies that came before it. They solidify the characters or they push them in new directions that uh and dimensions you maybe didn't know that they had the best example even though this is very much like rocket's movie is peter quill to me has never been as human or relatable or interesting as he is in this movie and i don't know why that is but i was like oh i actually like you for once it's because marvel i mean james gunn and marvel or i guess marvel to an extent but mostly gunn had to clean him up from (laughs) the screw-ups that that the Avengers movies dragged sure. him into. Yeah. So he ended up being interesting, at least to me, because more so than what Gunn had done in the, the first two movies is there was a reason to fucking hate him, more or less. Yeah. And then you immediately get sympathetic because you like it took, what, 10 minutes to be like, oh, he's fucked up. And he knew it. Like, and that was what yeah, was huge. And he was well aware he was fucked up. It wasn't. And for a movie that was so... Um, you, people looked at Guardians like one of like the comedy staples of Marvel. I thought that this in a lot of ways handled the heavy stuff with the proper respect. And it wasn't just a quick quip and then it's over, which I liked. And I think what's important here is what you already mentioned. I already kind of like parts of the last two Avengers movies for the same reason. I like fallout. I like emotional drama. I like characters changing and having to go through something. I also only like it to a certain extent. And what I'm referring to here is Thor which again, we'll get into later, but more so in this case, it's when we spend time in Endgame on Thor and he's, you know, fat Thor and everybody's having a laugh and it's all wonderful. He's kind of wallowing in pity for about 60% of that second movie. And it's too much. It's, I would say, way too much. I saw the argument that Peter, you know, he's obviously in a drunken stupor in the beginning and it's pretty much gone after the intro. I thought it was enough. Mm-hmm. It's enough for him to be like, yeah. When things are when things are quiet, we're in downtime. I'm drinking myself stupid because I've lost a lot and I'm sad. But then when things are serious, I kick that to the side for the time being and I figure it out. I actually really liked that decision. Yeah, and every character gets, I mean, like their growth. Um, I mean, the characters that are more forgotten about generally, Drax, um, group. And he's still forgotten. Now, Drax is still kind of forgotten, but he gets some nice moments. And then his ending is great. Yeah. 
I was like, oh yeah, you remembered this character had an arc. He's not just comedy relief. Um, so there's a nice payoff for him. Um, for Mantis as well. Um, again, never super fleshed out, but um, at them together, their dynamic was great. I just thought all the characters, except for group, but I wouldn't really expect it either. Um, they got really good respect and attention. I mean, Groot got his movie. It was the first movie. That version of Groot got its movie, no. and we went through the emotional aspect of that. You can only like recycle killing the tree and breaking the tree apart before it gets old. And then the second movie, it was all comic relief because it's a little kid, and then they don't know what to do with him in this movie at all. That's like, fair. No. It just is just he's just there. Which again, I'm not going to get into like super critiques right now, but like I don't really care though. And that's what I was not what I was looking for from the movie in the first place. What can you do with him? Yeah, he says the three words, and that's great and all. He finally says something different at the end. Great, fine, fun I, moment. That was my interpretation. Was that's what they hear and not. It's not what he's speak, saying, but right? it's all okay, the audience just... is here, and we have the context of other yeah. characters responding to figure it out. That outwears its welcome pretty quickly. And again, how are you supposed to have him give any emotional depth when he can't even be the one to deliver it? Yeah. Oh, Groot's sad. You can tell from the way he just said this. Well, I couldn't tell that at all. He said, I am Groot. A lot of Groot's characterization is through Rocket, and Rocket had other things to worry about. Yeah, Rocket couldn't so, sit around being the mouthpiece for Groot the entire I mean, he's time. Barely, he's crazy, he's right? barely in the movie, even though he's maybe the main character, That's because was, of the whole flashback setup, which is great. So I, I don't know if this is a negative or not, but like in thinking about this movie on the way home from the store today, I was like, you know, it's his movie, and the attention he gets is great, but he's also barely in it, in a way. He's barely in it yeah. in the modern, the connecting with the current yeah. characters, basically. Yeah. Which is weird. And if this wasn't such a good development for him and all these flashbacks and the characterization of the past, we'd probably be furious about how little he's in the movie because it'd be like, well, what the hell? He's maybe one of the most fun characters to bounce things off of. Instead, because he has all this growth and depth to him, that again, is basically the focal point of the movie, it's okay. I don't know how I feel about back to tank flashbacks because we saw something very similar in Boba Fett. And I... And I understand why it's because it's a, it, uh, God, dogs. It makes, it makes a lot of sense from a storytelling perspective. Oh, this is when they're passing out again. And then they're going to transition to the flashback. There has to be a better way to like actually have them involved in the, the thing, especially if your name is on the front and active player. And, but I guess that's a negative. I don't want to go there yet. But I thought those were weird. But I love the flashbacks. Would you mm-hmm. prefer it to be one big, long, kind of like blended together scene? No, or? that gets hard. That get, I, I am aware that it gets really hard to have because you spend a lot of time with yeah. it. And it there's time jumps. So that would be tough. And I guess you could argue the we just talked about Spider-Verse. And that movie starts with a, not a flashback per se, but it's a little bit backwards with Gwen Stacy. And it lasts for... I don't know, 13, 14 minutes. Mm-hmm. So you can make it work, but in this case, they're also sort of like the MacGuffin of the movie is basically the things that Rocket needs to get better and then eventually finally come out of this coma. So it doesn't work exactly the same. But still, I think you could have done it. I don't. I think it was the right decision to intersperse well, it. Though. And then it's hard with the villain, and then are you introducing him too early and all of that. I don't yeah. remember when he's introduced, though. Maybe it was the beginning. I'm a little hazy now, but anyways... I, it's a necessary evil. They did it better here than in Boba Fett. That's for damn sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I, mean, I thought the villain was interesting. I'm glad they didn't kill him because they do that. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, they, what do you think? It was funny he was on the ship when it blew up. No, he was off. He was off. So his messed up face is just floating in space somewhere. 
No, he's like in jail. I, apparently, there's a deleted scene where they actually show you that he oh, is okay. in jail. Okay. Um, he was being carried out by somebody oh, when it was all exploding. Yeah. Was, um, so he's alive a, yeah. somewhere. So he might be able to come back, which is like you said, a thing that Marvel's done too often, which is kill off interesting villains. Although you could argue that this one has been neutered to the point where he doesn't have any worth going forward. But you could rebuild it if you wanted to. It'd be easy enough to be like, oh, he got access to this and this, and he's conniving and he did that. Yeah. I think what I, because again, again, tonally, the movie kind of does go all over the place. Like, it's kind of funny early on. uh, I mean, while Peter's really drunk and then Adam's attacking them and all that. But I really did appreciate that we really kept a lot of the comedy bits, jokes to just the the Orgo Corp place. We really just (laughs) kind of contained it all to there. Like, Peter got to be funny and do his goofy shit. And then they get to float around and shoot everybody. And Nathan Fillion's being obnoxious and funny in his character. (laughs) But like, it was really that segment of the movie where I'm like, okay, this is where I'm going to get to laugh, and then I'm going to be like sad, or really sucked into the action of stuff. Because I mean, again, like apart from the flashback animals sadness thing, I think like I don't think I took it into account when we were watching the movie that 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 Earth that had all the animal hybrid people, they all died. Oh yeah, like he nuked the entire planet, yep. and mm-hmm. they all died. Like. A full-on civilization. It's dangerous to do that, too, because when Star Wars did it, I was like, I don't know how much I care about the rest of this movie. Like, you kind of lost already. <laughs> so they managed to save it with all the children, slaves yeah, in the, the ship. In the ship, yeah. Because that they, helped, but yeah, they're all... That whole civilization's and gone. And I think it's mm-hmm. like, like, you know, it's like the scene's funny. They land on the thing. They're, every, they're all weird. Everyone's throwing rocks at them. The nice, weird, the bunny people let them in their house. And then, like, 20 minutes later, those people die. And I just thought it was a, I don't know, it made me not, I wasn't laughing a ton. I was like, oh, this is, you know, kind of a funny, weird situation. But I didn't, like, come away from it being like, oh, yeah, that was a full-on comedy movie to the point you already made where it's like, yeah, this was I funny agree. in, like, a 20-minute stretch. And otherwise, I'm like, okay, this is a pretty serious, I don't know, like, Captain America. Type. Most of Captain America's movies are pretty good. And then, like, they're funny in very small, brief parts, but they're mostly serious yeah. most of the time. They're like one-offs, yeah. little one-liners and stuff. And I, like, and I they, quoted it, that trilogy just because that's the other trilogy in the series that's really good from yeah. Marvel. Did I think of, but it just felt a lot more like that type of movie than the other two. Guardians. I agree with you, and I remember thinking, man, I hope this couple gets their car back because that's a big deal. <laughs> and then in 20 minutes, like, matter. oh, they're not going to need <laughs> that car be, no. anymore. No. They and all their baby children are <laughs> dead. <laughs> Uh, maybe you could other say other than the snap, maybe some of them lived. Yeah, other than the snap, is that the most like beings that died in a single Marvel? Uh, movie? I definitely think so. I, I mean, we have no don't... idea. You have to think there's a ton of stuff on that planet because you can argue like what what Thanos originally did to the people of Asgard. That That's was a, that was a huge chunk before That's the true. snap. But I don't I, how many people were in Asgard compared to this planet. I mean, it's Earth. It's literally the size of Earth with yeah, animal like, hybrids. We so, have like, to assume that the whole planet's populated like this little part apparently we got is. Thanos fucked up uh, that one culture that I can't... I want to say Xanadu. That's definitely not it. Um, who, the, like, Guardians 1 took place at? Xandar. Xandar! Xanadu! I was not actually that far away. Pretty close. Apparently, there was a planned 45-minute action scene. Where he just wrecks all of their I shit. Think, I to do get remember. The stone. I do believe that that like John C. Riley died. He's dead. That's why we haven't seen him be. again. Yeah. I believe he died. Yeah. So is what's who played the pre- Glenn Close or whoever played the president lady? I don't think I'm thinking of the wrong actress. She must be dead anyway, too. That's a tangent of that. Just I was. I think I was surprised coming out of the movie where I was like, oh, I really only feel sad about the the quick little animal scenes that they gave a quick little heaven happy ending to. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I probably should be like sadder about a lot of other 
stuff in this. Well, so intellectuals will fight you on this. And I say, fuck them. I <laughs> do rate a movie about like how it makes me feel. And especially these days. It's not, I'm not a kid anymore. Like, it's rare that I feel something when I watch a movie. And I definitely, and it's especially rare, rare in Marvel, as much as I watch these films. I felt something like through the entirety of this movie. And I didn't feel anything in Guardians 2. <laughs> well, there wasn't much to feel there. Yeah. But I think what's different here is you know it's well done because you know what's going to happen. It's not like you're like, oh, well, this is interesting. Like Rocket's family, like maybe they'll make it through and they're just off somewhere. Like, you know they're fucked. Yeah. The whole time you're like, all right, something bad is going to happen. It's going to be why Rocket's the way he is and why he's in this situation. So you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And even though it inevitably does, it doesn't really hamper your enjoyment of it as much as you can enjoy something sad. Because it's really well done. Well, so, and you know, and it's it subverts it a little bit because, yeah, you knew they were fucked, but it was kind of his fault. Yeah. So it was not in yeah. a way where he kills him right in front of him and Rocket just, uh, you know, screams for justice and gets his revenge. No, it's kind of his fault, even though you don't fault him, but he feels that guilt for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the things with um, uh, Gamora, like that could have in another Marvel film ended up where they fall in love again. And it definitely didn't go there. She was just like, yeah, you know, we can be friends, but I'm going to go back to my thing that I like. Cause I'm not your person anymore. I thought like the ending was perfect. Except, uh, you can't be in space and explode and then, Live. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you don't get to get resuscitated, I don't think. And maybe that was Adam Warlock's superpower to actually bring someone back from the dead, but that was a whole lot. I was like, if you want to get to slightly, it was like, we waited a long time for Adam Warlock, and then that's what you got out of it. It was like, was he, like, oh, because he got cut out of Guardians 2, is what James Gunn has said multiple times, that he was actually going to be a main character in that, and then he cut him out because it was too much stuff going on, he moved him to 3. It almost feels like he wrote the movie not needing him again, and he just was kind of around. <laughs> I and I don't even mind it too much from a film perspective. I thought like, yeah, as a one-off character, it's fine. Th- the problem fans have is like, this is supposed to be a really major character. It's a major character who's really, really powerful, like <laughs> Captain Marvel level. Powerful he should be a big is. deal, and he was a joke. And he's a baby, and he's dumb. So I, I, I get it. And he does set off the whole point of the movie, which is that Rocket's dying, like because he hurts Rocket. So sure, that's there. But it just was like. I just feel like he like wasn't fully necessary. It's just he's a baby and he's dumb in a movie that already has two people that are babies and are dumb. dumb yeah. And are you you can argue that before this movie, Peter Quill was a third. He's not in this one. Yeah. But this is a cast of characters that already has experience being inexperienced slash young slash dumb. So it didn't really need to make another really powerful character into this quivering mess. I feel like every time though you. you uh, this is my critique of you feel the Marvel gears grinding. And this is, I think it's like, well, you got to introduce him here. Cause we have plans for him in the next Avengers movie. And you're like, okay, we have plans for Riri Williams. You got to introduce her in that movie. Okay. But it's going to make the movie bad. It, that doesn't matter. Put her in she there. has a TV show. Five minute cameo. So, um, you see that a lot in these movies, Iron Man two, they're, maybe they're, the most famous back, example, a new character in a new movie or a new plot stuff. line or paying off something that isn't relevant for that movie. Um, and sometimes it works. Sometimes that's why you have the shared universe. And other times you are like, maybe we should just make the best film possible sometimes. But yeah, I mean, everything else really nailed it. And credit to James Gunn because, you and I were talking, and we were like, what's the over-under on how many characters are going to make it out of this? Yeah. Like, Drax is gone, because he's not interested anymore. Peter Quill is gone. And it's like, no, 
but they were written off intelligently. And it's like, that's just as good. That's better. Because they can still exist in the universe even if they're not going to show up on screen anymore. I mean, they kept Quill's he's going to return incredibly vague as to what, <laughs> when yeah. or how or what he's going to, who he's going to come back with and all that stuff. I mean, they have the new chunk of Guardians he could easily kind of pop into and then him and Rocket can do more of the we're going to bicker about who's actually in charge. Now, I didn't, I didn't think about this till just now. They said the legendary Star-Lord will return. Now, was it legendary Star-Lord or legendary Peter Quill? Star-Lord. Star-Lord. So it could be someone else takes the reins, right? Someone else will be Star-Lord. Exactly. Okay. It could be, but to do that after a scene where you have him in it feels like cheap misdirection. Yeah, yeah I would agree. But they could do it. You're absolutely right. Uh, one major positive for me, and this is maybe my hottest take, although I don't think it's that hot, is that I think one of the reasons this movie excels is because its stakes are so good. We don't have uh, to worry about world and universal stuff, which to me is the greatest irony of this because it's the, Guardian of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and they're going all over the place. I mean, like, nowhere is a floating head now as it has been, you know, back to the Christmas special. But, like, it, so it can go anywhere it needs to go. It's whatever. It's all out in outer space. But I almost think it works because it doesn't even matter where we go now. You can kind of go whatever the fuck planet you want to. We spent, again, like you mentioned, 25 minutes on this made-up planet that hadn't really been known about till this movie. Yeah. But it's not about the locations as far as the size of the stakes. It's just very personal. It's rocket-focused, for the most part, and other characters and everything else. But, like... The reason I think I walked away from this so positive was I realized, like, we don't necessarily need a huge big bad. You just need to do good storytelling. And if the big bad happens to be a great part of that, like Thanos was in the Endgame and uh, the last two Avengers movies, then, like, great. But it doesn't have to be that way. And it was nice to see a reminder of that. Hasn't that been the advantage of Guardians all along? Because if you look at all the Marvel movies, they're the one with the least known everything. Yeah. That he had, the like, the freedom to just be like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. That we can make this movie, like, I don't have to have, okay... Well, here's Captain America. I have to have Red Skull in Captain America's movie because that's what the comics expect of me. Guardians, like, you don't know any of Guardians' as characters, let alone their, like, big villains in the first place when we go into this. And so he's, they've always kind of had the freedom to just try shit out and yeah. do whatever they wanted without having to, like, stress out too much about it. And he got to do that here because, yeah, you're right. Like, Rocket could have died. That I mean, we don't yeah. know absolutely well, that he's going to survive during the movie. I assumed he would die. It's connected to the point Sean made a moment ago, though, which is it's not shackled to the rest of the MCU. Yeah. And it can still do little, like, nods and homages and little throwaways. Like, oh, yeah, like, that's acknowledging the thing. But now, I mean, again, we've talked about it before, but the, the question always became, like, well, where's Captain Marvel? Why isn't Captain Marvel helping yeah. this one? Well, now it's because, well, we're out in the middle of whatever the fuck galaxy doing whatever, so it doesn't matter what everybody else is up to. Like, Cap's not coming. He's not here. Yeah. And it's the least stakes we've ever had in a Guardians movie, too. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to say for the third movie of a trilogy, but you had the uh, the one dude, Ronan, trying destroying to, trying full to planets, kill planets. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you had Ego destroying full the uni- planets, the universe and planets. Yeah, and this was just like I mean, at most she kind of got well. There's one species of people. It sucks. I feel bad for them. But, but this dude is this dude is creating stuff and then destroying his own creations. He's not going around to other life forms that were like independent of him and blowing up their planet. So he just blew up a planet that he created all the people on. Yeah. You're right. Which is horrifying. And the but it's all, it's horrifying, ended up being like a hundred do, kids. Yeah, like, don't let him do animal torture and yeah, cloning anymore. And then we're going to stop him for the future mm-hmm. and like get rockets and redemption here. That was it. That's all you care about. So it's like, we don't even have to do, you know, the origin stories have typically started smaller 
you know, that we have plenty of examples throughout the MCU of a character being introduced and having to deal with something smaller because it's their introduction. And then later on, they'll either fight something bigger or join up in the fight with something bigger. And it's like, it doesn't even necessarily have to be smaller. It just has to be more specific and I have to have more investment. And this worked because of the rocket angle. And that was one of its strengths to me was because like, I, I don't need, I don't need fucking massive villains. I, they're great yeah. when they work, but I don't need you to do that. I don't need to have galaxy universe altering stakes. Just make it personal. So Captain America two and three are still the best. They have the, some of the smallest stakes in the entire MCU. Yeah. Uh, I guess at the end of two, that would have been pretty uh, bad. End of two, but sure. But it's still like government control and not like, a planet's going to explode. And also the so. end of two is maybe its weakest part. It's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not yeah, bad. I'm with you. But yeah. I love everything that precedes it more than I do the finale. That's fair. All right. So negatives, I kind of already touched on a couple of them. The, the gears, the Marvel gears, Adam Warlock. Uh, I understand as a flaw. I, I didn't see it as much because like from a film, it works okay for a, if you're an Adam Warlock fan. Yeah. You're, I can understand why you feel jilted. I just feel like he and Aisha's connection to the high evolutionary is just flimsy. Yeah. Like, really, more than anything, it's like we kind of had to shoehorn them in together because, well, he kind of clones people and makes people. So he made the person in the cocoon thing and then they opened him up early, I guess, because he's still stupid. It's just like it's a flimsy connection to the second movie when yeah. I'm like, did we even really like, kind of, I guess the way two ended, you're like, yeah, I guess she's like after them and she has the cocoon and all that. So you sat on that. But then it's like, we sat on that for like, I mean, when did two come out? Like 2017. Six, yeah. So six years ago. I'm like, I don't care anymore. I, re- I, really, I really don't care about the gold people. Yeah. I don't care about that. Like they were so flimsy and kind of useless in the second movie in the first place that we brought them into the third one. And that's why I'm like, you could have probably rewritten this and the high evolutionary is just the high evolutionary. He's the bad guy with his own weird giant evil pig yep. and giant evil, whatever it was. <laughs> Um, and I'm like, I don't know that I cared a whole lot. I think a lot probably changed. If, if I had to guess, I don't know if anyone would ever admit this, but he sent a bunch of weird tweets. Yes. Well, to be fair, a long time ago, <laughs> they got brought up. He got fired. He got brought back. I don't know that this would have necessarily been the last Final Guardians it, movie. Exactly. Like, Maybe what? it would have been, but now it certainly is yeah. because of people are aging. People are wanting to do other things. So he's like, okay, I'm going to make it the end. And I guess we still have to. Get Adam Warlock in it's here, but it feels like two point five mushed with a three yeah. a little bit. Yep, Again, I agree. It's a really small criticism of like you probably could have done a whole long, whole mediocre movie where Adam Warlock's chasing them around. He is the main bad guy, and the gold people are trying to chase him, and she stays evil the whole time. And at the end, they turn Adam Warlock good, and they beat her. All right, fine. That's three. Yeah. And then, you can do Rocket's origin story. Yeah, you hint thing. at the high evolutionary at the end of three. Yeah. And it make it more organic for that connection and it's happening. A, it's in. like, I almost wish there was like a Christmas special had dealt with these people. And we had gotten it out of the way in 45 Yeah, but Kevin minutes. Bacon. Sure. <laughs> Adam Warlock's chasing them around while they're going and kidnapping Kevin Bacon. Sure, that's fine. That's yeah. again, my it's my only real small criticism to it of just like, most of those scenes I'm like, oh, this is fine. You have to kind of wonder, too, I mean, because 2 came out in 2017, then Gunn was fired and then eventually rehired after that, how much of this changed in his absence? Right. Yeah. I mean, we already know he didn't necessarily have full control over what happened with the Guardians characters in the other movies in the MCU, so that was probably a factor here. Well, and he even said he wouldn't have done that. Uh, Peter Quill. And he lucked so, out that he didn't even have to clean up the Thor thing because Thor came out before Guardian, so he didn't have to deal with Thor being part of... Yeah, yeah. They, they, kinda, they kind of just shrugged and went, all right, fine, like whatever, they, I guess that's done. Yeah, they mentioned that, and then Thor, part of its bad movie, was like, 
yeah, remember that? We're going to write this off like immediately and just have these like eight <sighs> so characters bad. stand there and silently for, you know, the time they're on screen. But like, thank God he didn't have to deal with that. Because yeah. if he had to clean up, he already had to clean up Avengers. He had to clean up his second movie. If he had to clean up that bullshit, also, I'm like, yeah, then you're just like really saddling him with a bunch of bullshit. And then he'd, st- but he'd still pull out a decent movie. I mean, yeah. this movie's better than every Marvel movie recently, except for the second Black Panther movie. Like, I think it's better than. I think it's a lot well, better. Than like the- that's, that's the only other good movie. Let alone uh, I would say No Way Home was good. Was this really pretty better, good. But yes, this movie's better. I. They're they're at least cl- they're they're okay. close for me to so a testament to it for sure. I also really like Shang Chi. See, I don't even I don't even know if I'm counting that anymore because it's actually like so many years back already. <laughs> oh, so like re- yeah, years, it's like three recently. Years back, yeah. It's by far the best <laughs> yeah. one that they've done. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And so just just again, just a credit to him for having to clean up a bunch of bullshit and deal with again however long he was fu- gone, whatever they messed with, with all this all this shit, while you know immediately transitioning into competing against them. Yeah. I, I, I don't have a lot of negatives. I don't have a lot to nitpick really. I thought it was really solid. Uh, I get like Maisie watches. She cried the whole time. Yeah, I mean, my negative, I mean my negative the whole time you shot, you, you showed me a bunch of animals with gunshot wounds and I didn't like, like they got shot and killed. You know, I, that's all I needed. Like, yeah, I don't need to see them <laughs> shot up and dead laying there. You know, it just really felt emotionally manipulative to an extent. Um, did you, I, I thought, remember after we watched the movie, did you think that the heaven scene was necessary to know, like to know yeah. that they have a happy ending? Yeah. Um, like as no. Rocket's half dying? I took it as like the motivation, not that they have a happy ending. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because so uh, looking back, I don't know if you watched it, but like looking back to the last Harry Potter movie, it is so extremely the last, the scene in Harry Potter is at the King's Cross station talking to Dumbledore. And he can choose if he wants to die or not. And he can go back and help his friends or he can die. It's like the exact same scene. Yeah, I mean, that's I fair. Realize. To be fair, Harry Potter was not the pioneer of this no, sort no, of scene No, 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 I know, but I'm just like, I'm like thinking recently, this is what yeah. they did in the book yeah. and then they did in the movie. It's like, I, I, I guess I understand it, but it's like, I, don't, I mean, like, little kids aren't going to watch this. And I was like, I feel like this is kind of a scene that like would make little kids happy that everything is coming out okay. I liked it, but like, I, again, from what I watched it, I was like, this is pure like, sort of like drive for rocket. It's yeah. a, it's a point of decision for him and it really brings his character. I thought it really drove it home. Okay. I could see though, where you're like, Oh, don't worry kids. Like, look, they're in heaven and there might even be, you know, like the scene I'm in cartoons in GI Joe the plane goes down, but then you have to show the parachute, the guy parachuting out. Yes. Cause you have to, to little kids like, don't worry. He's alive. Yes. Hmm. Maybe that was a secondary thing. You, you could be right. I still think it works for the story. Definitely. Yeah. I'm just like playing devil's advocate of like, I wonder if people, it's like, this is sort of thrown in there for that. Amazing. Okay. So clearly Cody, let me at the end with the two characters come close to each other. What did they do? Rocket and the, and the ferret. Okay. She's an otter and her name is Lila. Yes. (laughs) So really emotionally impacted you. that She's a ferret. What what did they do at the end? What would you classify that as? Don't they like kiss or hug or something? (laughs) Don't say kiss. They clearly, Chris, back me up. They so clearly just nuzzle like a thing that animals do. They clearly are going in for yeah. the nuzzling thing. Yeah, they're just like, just like, I didn't like it. They were kissing. I mean, nuzzling is sort of the equivalent of kissing <laughs> for animals. Sure, so. but it's very different than like making out. Making out. Yeah, sure. They kissed, she says. 
Well, she's just anti-furry, so that's, I mean, what a surprise for Maisie not being so tolerant. the one who cried the whole time. I'm just, yeah, I'm watching this, so I was like, oh, it's really cute that they're nuzzling, and I look at Maisie, tears still going down her face, and she's like, and I was like, what was your deal? She's like, I didn't like how they kissed. Like, well, they didn't kiss. I hate if you have a criticism of a movie. You're This is what I get into debates with Dave all the time. It's too bad he's not here. You're allowed to not like something, but your reason has to be sound. If you like, for example, misread a movie and you didn't understand it and that's what you didn't like, that's bullshit. And no, that's not okay. You at least have to understand it before you say you didn't like it or not. I have a problem that I have an explanation for, but I don't have a solution to. Okay. It's a small one, but I felt like after this entire movie of connecting the dots with Rocket's backstory and showing how much he meant to the entire team and his, like, I was a little bit let down by the ending only in the sense that it's like I wanted to see Rocket have a chance to interact with all these characters. I know he has a couple fleeting moments in the finale, but because all the action's happening then, they're just that. They're fleeting. And they all I don't, him. Yeah, I don't know what the solution is. You can't just have 10 minutes of fluff in the ending of just him like cracking jokes with the crew and whatnot, but I was kind of like this entire movie's about getting him back to his newfound family and then shortly after he does it, he goes off on his own to kill one person basically. And then afterwards, like, eh, he's in with a new set of guardians. He's the captain now, and they're all gone by. Do you want a post-credit scene where he's sitting there and they're just catching him up on everything that happened? Shwarma. Yeah, let's get a shwarma scene. Like, where Why they're, not? They're like, we were on this planet that was made of like tissue. It was crazy. Yeah, maybe that's maybe it is a credit scene. Like, something. I just it felt like it was a little bit empty. And again, I'm not even saying it's a major criticism, but after this entire movie and how much of a downer it could be in parts, in a good way, I was kind of like, oh, well, that's sad because he's on his own again. And he's happy in that he's on his own now, but it's still on his own. I agree quite a bit because if you look at two, he's broken off of them also. Yeah. In two for almost the entire time. Like, tell me how many times uh, Rocket talks to Mantis. In the three times they exist in a movie together, if you count the holidays, how many times does Rocket talk to Mantis? That we see. <laughs> I don't... I, is it is it two? Actually, is it two? <laughs> I saw a thing on Lord of the Rings the other day, and they were like, all the times that Legolas speaks to Frodo, and it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. And, like, again, that's just, it's not, like, um, a huge, massive criticism, but I'm like, it's no. funny that, like... Because, <laughs> like, there's plenty of time off screen that they've spent together. I totally it, get that. It's, like, implied, right? But I, you don't see a lot of it yeah, at the and end. and that's what I'm saying. That's a bummer that, like, yeah. Rocket's character... And Mantis's character feels like that'd be pretty funny because she's an idiot and he's an asshole. So it would be really funny to watch him interact. And I'm like, I realize that with again, with you guys pointing out that he's been like basically dead the whole movie, I never got any of that. I didn't really get any because she is introduced and she's on the other planet, and then he shows up and saves everybody at the end. And they're just a fighting scene. They don't interact in the second movie. Yeah, it's it's just wild when I like start to kind of connect some of those dots around to where Chris's point is correct. It's like this kind of sucks that. It, this is the last time that they are going to do that whole group together. You didn't get a lot of that's Rocket. It, we should just have yeah. Rocket in every Marvel movie from here on out, too, <laughs> so we can interact with like everybody. Because yeah. wasn't wasn't Rocket Rocket when he's with Thor in whichever Avengers movie when they go to Asgard is really funny when he's interacting with Thor. It's the whole reason why Thor ends up with the damn group in the first place. Yeah, yeah. that works well. I don't. This is not a negative, but I feel like we would be remiss if we went the entire review, unless I'm mistaken, without actually saying the word Nebula who might be my favorite character in this movie. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. We also, it's also <laughs> the source of our first, correct, F-bomb in the MCU? I don't know. Oh. First and only F-bomb in the MCU? And with the yeah, car scene before mentioned. Be. That was great. Like, that's all really good. But the fact that they really... She might have the most development of anybody over the course of these three movies. And yeah. part of that's, again, tied to Infinity War and Endgame. But 
I, to me, I was like, man, yeah. I, I really enjoy having her in this crew, maybe more so than some other folks right now, like Mantis, who I don't dislike, but I'm like, I feel like Nebula's almost maybe like the most important member of the group, yeah, especially she, with Rocket out of commission. She was great, and it was nice to see she didn't just like revert to her old ways. I was like, don't ship them. I was like, well, <laughs> maybe, maybe. I want to see more, because I actually kind of like their when dynamic he stares now. Off at her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sticking her with, with Drax and Mantis for what, the back chunk of this movie for the most part i think right um again it's nice because you have drax and mantis did their holiday special where they're just being idiots on earth together it's nice to have some kind of parental supervision yeah something grounding that yeah, yeah. Grounds them like of, are these two really even capable of fucking doing any of this shit yeah they are because nebula's there and nebula's gonna solve a chunk of the problem yeah. they kind of have to have her there because yeah. with rocket out of commission with gamora not in the group anymore like who else is gonna do that no Maybe. Peter Quill at times, but since he's splintered from the rest of the group at different points in the movie, it's like there's nobody else. Like as good as Mantis can be, and she can be a calming influence, but she's not a leader. And Drax is too stupid to be, yeah, and Groot is too tree to be. So like, who's left? The only level-headed, like competent one is the robot lady. Basically, did they write her off at the end, or is she there? She, did she stay behind she with Drax? Helping, she's helping Drax in nowhere, I believe. Okay, right? I think they're too. They're so she too might be done. There. Karen Gilliam, I believe, has said she wanted to keep doing it if okay. they wanted her to. Um, that's right. At least I thought they said. Because they've got like her costume and makeup down to as much of a science as you can. So it, now looks, it's like, it looks so much better. Now than it's it like used an to. hour and a half instead of like five hours before yeah. shooting every day. So that's nice. Yeah, Anyways, I just want to make yeah. sure she was brought I, up at some. I point. believe she is assisting with all the children because I think she was. I think she tracks, had some yeah. of the, the same feelings that like if Gomorrah was the old Gomorrah, she'd probably want to hang out with the kids and like help raise them because they all got well, they didn't get stolen from their plants; they're just creations. But like, I think Nebula had that same like feeling of being ripped away from where you originally were, and now all these kids don't have a family. Yeah, blah blah blah. Yeah, um, yeah. I... Drax cannot run nowhere by himself. He's an idiot. No, <laughs> that's way too much to be done. Yeah, yeah. You know, I the movie ends, and I was like, you know, I could do another one of these now. I said the same thing after Thor three, though, <laughs> and look what happened there. But uh, yeah, I I thought it was great, and then what they hinted at this like new group, I was like, that could be fun. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, it's there's somebody to be said. I mean, we've been talking about Justified today because the sequel is about to come out next week. And it's like there is somebody to be said for completing a story and cutting it off while it's still good because it could continue to be good or it could fall off a cliff like Thor 4 did. I look at the new group and my only issue with that is you have Rocket, who's intelligent. And can you tell me the next most intelligent person of that group? Yeah, I mean. Oh, I forgot who's even in I'll the group I'll read them to now. you. So it's Groot. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, Crag- he's intelligent, but can't express it. Yeah, yeah. he's a, he's it's a Craglin, who's a mixed bag of how useful he actually yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the dog, Cosmo. Smart. Cosmo, the dog, who's bitching that it got called a bad dog the entire but movie. But smart. Um, Adam Warlock, who's fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, Phyla, the little girl that was the powerful one that they brought in, and Blurp, the cat thing that Adam adopted. <laughs> right. So the second most lot, the smart one there is, is Craglin or it's a little kid. Let me let let me just. To be fair, I don't know how interested I'd be in that exact group for okay, a whole film. You. That's all I want. But to like, make sure. if we bring back bring back Nebula and Peter Quill, because you basically have Craglin being Quill, and you basically have Cosmo being Mantis. I was gonna say this is and you basically have Warlock being Drax. Where is Mantis? Is Mantis back? Mantis then? went off on her own with her giant slug monsters. Yeah, we don't know what happened. Because she's there. literally lived an entirely sheltered life. I mean, they made a really good point after never developing her character. Oh, yeah. When they throw in her at the end, she's like, they're like, oh yeah, she had to like be a slave to ego, and then she just hung out with this group and like assisted them, and has done nothing on her own at all. So she takes those three slug monster things that she's friends with because she can speak to them, and she just goes off into space. 
Interesting. She's definitely going to die. So. Man, are, what are her powers in the comic? Sorry for this tangent. Because in the game, she like sees the entire multiverse at once. So her humor is okay, like, so oh, is this the reality where like you get smashed by a... Doctor Strange? <laughs> kind of. I'm telling you, in the game, that's like she sees all the realities at, at, and she gets them confused a little bit. Even that I've never heard of Mantis before she was introduced in the second movie. Fair. I unfortunately okay. never dug that okay. deep into <laughs> That's fair. Uh, okay, so place in the MCU as far as like... Well, we kind of talked about part of this already. That's why James Gunn's picture's on here as far as the shackles of previous movies, his ignoring certain choices of previous movies. So this could just serve as a, like, where does this rank? I don't need an exact ranking, but like in the pantheon of mcu films that is rapidly approaching what 35 well if you got the tv shows i think yeah which the, i don't, I don't know that i do but yeah but you know just in the mcu pantheon with the shows included where is this for you i mean upper third upper easily third for, sure. for sure um it may crack i think when i've rewatched i've been like i started nitpicking critique more of the more movies more and more it probably breaks into my top 10 I would I feel think. pretty confident in top 10. Top five, I almost want to say, but there's like too many now that yeah. like, it's, it's, oh it's yeah, it, it fills up so fast now. Yeah. It can't be in my top five because I just, I know a very clear top five. Right. Because I mean, Winter Soldier, the last two Avengers, those are automatically in the top five. I, I have Civil War. Mine is Iron Man, probably Civil War, yeah. I really liked Thor 3. Thor, oh, I don't Thor know 3 how is much, there too. Yeah, how like, much 4 has ruined 3 for me. Not a ton, but a little. It's taking a little shine off. Do you, I mean, do you, would you have Guardians 1 still over this? No. I you'd have, you'd have this one would have this higher than Guardians okay, 1, so which is I. crazy to me. Yeah. I... So a lot of people, Guardians 1 is like up there on their list. They were like, it might be the best uh, MCU movie they've ever done. I never felt that way. I thought it was really, really well done. But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of niche you, for me. If and... you look at Guardians as literally just a, a superhero movie that has nothing to do with the MCU, it's a really, really good movie yeah. to me. Because it's like, oh, this is a, almost a complete new fresh batch of characters that's brand new. And they started off and they did some weird, fun shit. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to eventually watch this movie again, which I'm going to have a rough time doing to see yeah. if I can, it's really low in rewatchability for me. That's the only other negative well, I have is I yeah. just, it's always hard. So you brought, you brought this up emotionally manipulative. And I think it's such a fine balance because if you, if you cut away, you're doing a disservice to the moment and the characters. But then if you linger, it's like, you're just exploiting. So it's like this. Really fine, fine line. line. I yeah. actually don't think this movie's emotionally manipulative at all because it's it's telling a good story with Rocket. If Rocket's story true. sucks, then it's trying to manipulate you. Well, they wrote a really good story for Rocket. So yeah, at it's times, it, good. and it's funny. Game of Thrones when people had the most issue, it was usually when it was doing something bad while being bad. Exactly. So like really mm. bad. I don't know, rapey scene, but then also the storytelling was really shit. And so you're like, what, what are you guys doing? Right you can now? get away with the, the sneaky kind of tricky story, like storytelling devices. If you're actually writing shit, that's good. People yeah. aren't going to care as much. It's probably why people hated the Daenerys stuff so much too, because not only was it like terrible and out of character for her, but it was also poorly done. Oh yeah. It was so all, it just, everything was, was a bad. hot mess with it. Like yep. it makes sense. Yep. Yeah. I think it's top 10 for me. I haven't at some point, if the MCU ever ends, and God, have, have, could that happen with how much of a cash cow it is? Maybe is we're starting to kind of have some interest wane. But at the very least, this kind of restored my faith because I had fallen off a little bit. Um, but this was the point where I was like, okay, now I'm not going to go see every MCU movie, but at least there's going to be some projects where I'm like, all right, I'm in. I mean, my big concern is that Gun's, not, Gun's gone, so he's not going to be doing these movies yeah. anymore. I don't know how much how many more Ryan Coogler is going to do of Black Panther stuff. Like, if the people that are the good 
creators that are in these movies. Like, I'm almost looking at who's writing and directing these movies more, and that's how I'm going to select if I'm going to go waste my time to see it. I mean, Taika let me t- let everyone down, I guess, with, with Thor 4 anyway. Apparently, I thought I read something where like he was not the primary writer of 3, and but was a 4. But normally he'd be a very good writer, so I don't know what happened, but he yeah. just like lost it for that one for sure. And so like that's where I'm I'm like, I guess, you know, going forward, I don't I don't know. I think mean, I almost look at the Guardian stuff as like this is its own trilogy of movies that I pretend like it has nothing to do with the MCU. They stole the characters and they threw them into the <laughs> Avengers movies, and that's how Gamora got, you know, dusted away. And otherwise I don't just pretend like none of it existed. I think it's it's really interesting though, like Ant Man three. It's like, oh, t- suffering box office, clearly the MCU is struggling, and you're like Maybe, but it's also a bad movie. Yeah. So, all that—it's. I think I've talked about this on the show before. It drives me crazy the box office analysis of a bad film and why it didn't make money. Was it released at a bad time? Was the mark? No, it just sucked. It just sucked. Like the word of mouth and the reviews matter, and it's a lot of times Which, it's that simple. To what Chris and I were talking about right before you ran upstairs, this is the second highest grossing movie of the year. Behind, Great. behind only yeah, Mark. There's still an appetite. So, guess what? The movie that only even got 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not like it was some 95 yeah. you know, movie. And the movie that probably isn't even really for kids a whole lot still drew. This is still the I'm second s- highest drawing. I'm surprised it was only 82, actually. You thought it'd be. I thought it'd be higher. higher. No, I, I don't know if I thought it would hit 90s. That's like rare, but. I figured like 86, 87 yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's lower than I thought it would be. Interesting. Now, well, people are dumb. Elemental was both bad and had exterior factors that oh, made the box office draw bad. Too. You know, I've heard though that's like recovering. Like it was not it was okay, but like now it's the a, word of mouth is No, it fucking sucks. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I won't ta- tangent But this. commercially. Let, let, let me tell you. So they're talking about Flash and Elemental both being bombs. Elemental has held word of mouth pretty well. Like the declines week to week is actually kind of slowed. Flash started bad sharp decline every week it's actually just fell out of top 10 i assume my, the catch there is is that word of mouth from a children who are crying to their parents to go watch the new pixar movie <laughs> right is different word of mouth than the flash people who are like don't go bother watching yeah. kids movies sucks. in general have a lower decline yeah. let, let me tell you though i most people are not as hard just to state it they're not as harsh on elementals as you are being right at this moment it but fucking sucks <laughs> Um, also, Flash, uh, though, also, really bad. Of course, Elemental's decline was not that steep. It started out so low it couldn't help but be well, yeah, slow. Yeah, I mean, fair. Anyways, I wanted to bring that up is because that one at least had several reasons you could point to, like the Mario movie and a whole bunch of other heavy the hitters Mario movie in the two-month span. There's the marketing was... A, marketing it, was bad. It can matter if it's a good or goodish movie that doesn't do well. Then you can start to analyze. Yeah. If it's a bad film, let's, let's like stop. Yeah, don't don't just, don't make excuses. <laughs> Occam's Razor. With, okay, and let's yeah. just move on um score let's score it it's a nine for me i took everybody's thunder love and thunder no it's great i'm it's a nine s- i can't I'm, go any higher yeah i have a hard time going any higher but yeah i was surprised it was even that high but i walked out of it going like all right this is the best marvel movie i've seen since endgame it's better than no way home for me so like i I didn't especially love Black Panther 2. I thought it was good, but I wasn't like, oh, man, I love this movie. It was a tough sell for me no matter what with what happened with Chadwick. But yeah. like, Yeah, so for you, it's easily the best of this. Yeah, I don't think um, it's that close because I think phase, the next basically. closest would be No Way Home, and that would be like an eight. Okay. Well, this phase is technically it's it's a different, two yeah. films. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's way up there for me. It might be the best uh, film out of phase four. Four and five. That's what I meant. It was the, I the, really, the yeah. Game I really like Shang Chi still, and I really like No Way Home. So it's right up there 
with those, I'm going to say 9.3. Like, I dug it. I think the killing all of the animals was a little bit jarring for me. <laughs> um, not like, you know, oh, I'm so sad, but like when you have something of that scale happen as almost like a little bit of, of an afterthought, I was like, uh, again, it's the Star Wars thing. It's like, are you guys aware of what you just did? Because this was like really, really, really terrible and no one was able to even come close to preventing it. I think they treated it with the correct gravity though. Anyways, that's, was just like it took me out for a second, but still, I loved it. Nine point nine point three. I think I have like an eight point eight. Eight point eight. That's yeah. that's pretty good. You're pretty harsh. I am a little harsher. Yes. Yeah. Um, Great. Well, that's like an average, like uh, right about a nine, 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 nine point five ish. Yeah. yeah. I think the only thing I thought as I was watching this entire species get eradicated was like their lives didn't have any meaning anyways. <laughs> Which I is mean, a terrible thing to say, were, and it shouldn't were, make a difference. But they were I'm doing like, heroin deals on the, in the back yeah, alleyway. Like they're, they're, like they're just living in what's basically like 1940s Americana, and they have no purpose and no meaning, and that's why they're all so they baffled don't by it. They don't. Well, in the commentaries, that's just our lives. Right. So then our lives have no meaning either. And... That's right. Now you're on to something. Oh, shit. Thanos was right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's the main takeaway. All right, that's the end of the episode. In theory, Dave's going to be on next week from yeah, location. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he can make Stupid it in. Stupid bitch. I think it's California. I don't remember, but it's our first chance to do an end screen. Reminder, 8 p.m. start time. It's been a couple weeks now, but it'll be that way until November when the country flips back, and it's fucking stupid. Anyways, that's the end of the episode. In between shows, you can find us at our website, objectionnetwork.com or youtube.com slash objectionnetwork, where we are currently playing Final Fantasy 16. See you next time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.